I'm Father Ron Shibley, founder and director of the Anglican Internet Church, and I welcome you to the seventh day of Christmas, December 31st, in the AIC seasonal video series, The Twelve Days of Christmas. The key word for December 31st is family. While courts in the United States are busy reinventing the meaning of family, traditional Christians still believe that God intended for mankind to live in families with mothers and fathers. Eastern Church writers interpret Psalm 68.6 to be a reference to the desire of God concerning family life. He is the God that maketh men to be of one mind in an house. Throughout their history, the Jewish people had lived that way, unlike many of the nomadic peoples living in the Holy Land. The illustration is a circa 1800 A.D. study in Egg Tempera, Job and His Three Daughters, by William Blake. This Old Testament concept of family is deeply ingrained in the Mosaic Law. The fifth commandment, the only commandment with a promised reward, and which supports the idea of the family as the central unit in human life, says, Honor thy father and thy mother, that thy days may be long in the land which the Lord God giveth thee. The illustration is Moses with the Ten Commandments, a 17th century oil on canvas by Rembrandt, painted in 1659 A.D. In the New Testament, there are many examples of family life, but there is no better model than that of the Holy Family of the Blessed Mary and Blessed Joseph, both obedient servants of the Lord and, of course, the Holy Child. The illustration is a 19th century stained glass window, probably somewhere in Eastern Europe. The Gospels offer few details of Jesus' boyhood, all found in St. Luke's Gospel, relating to the days of his infancy. In verse 251, he went down with them and came to Nazareth and was subject to them. And later, in chapter 4, verse 16, that Nazareth was, quote, where he was brought up. In the King James Version of Matthew 13, verse 55, Jesus is called the son of a carpenter. In Mark 6, verse 3, the name is applied to Jesus himself. In the Koine Greek of the New Testament, the word is tekton, which Eastern Church scholars believe should properly be translated as builder rather than carpenter, a category covering a wider range of skills than woodworking and carpentry, and one more consistent with the historical fact that surviving structures in Nazareth are generally constructed of stone. Typical of the Western tradition of depictions of Jesus as a carpenter is the stained glass window by Franz Mayer of Munich at St. Joseph's Villa Chapel, built in 1931 A.D. It's a selection from the AIC bookstore publication Paintings on Light, which is available through the virtual bookstore link at www.anglicaninternetchurch.net. Jesus is shown astride a carpenter's bench with shavings on the floor and St. Mary and St. Joseph looking on. While it has no specific scriptural authority, such art is based on the entirely reasonable assumption that Joseph would have taught his son his trade, whether it was carpentry or stonemasonry. 
Information about all our AIC Bookstore publications can be found by using the virtual bookstore link at the bottom of the homepage at www.anglicaninternetchurch.net or directly using my Amazon Author Central page, https colon right slash right slash www.amazon.com right slash author right slash Ronald hyphen E hyphen Shibley. Please note that everything after dot com must be in lowercase letters. Of the period after the nativity and the circumcision in the temple, when the child was held in the arms of St. Simeon, an event we honor on the eighth day of Christmas, St. Luke tells us only that, quote, the child grew and became strong in spirit, filled with wisdom, and the grace of God was upon him. That's from Luke 2, verse 40. The illustration is a 6th century mosaic of the Blessed Virgin and Holy Child at the Hagia Sophia in Constantinople, now Istanbul, Turkey. Note that Jesus is depicted in the Eastern Church style with a four-bar halo, two horizontal bars and two vertical bars. He holds a scroll in his left hand and makes the sign of a blessing with his right, reflecting St. Luke's comment that he was Quote, filled with wisdom, and the grace of God was upon him. In Mary's hand is a white prayer shawl. We do not see Jesus in his childhood again until St. Luke's account of the Holy Family's visit to Jerusalem for the Passover feast, which is recounted in Luke 3, verses 43 to 50, a period when Jesus was then 12 years old. The pericope is the only glimpse in canonical scripture of his childhood. In St. Luke's account, the boy Jesus, quote, lingered in Jerusalem without his parents' knowledge. They returned to Jerusalem seeking him and three days later found him in the temple. The illustration is part of an early 20th century stained glass window at the National Shrine of St. Francis of Assisi in San Francisco, California. Note that the column on which Jesus leans has the stone tablets of the commandments embossed on the front. In St. Luke's narrative, the dialogue between Mary and Jesus after the event is instructive. In chapter 2, verse 48, So when they saw him, they were amazed, and his mother said to him, Son, why have you done this to us? Look, your father and I have sought you anxiously. The illustration for this and the next slide is a detail from teaching the doctors in the temple from a stained glass window by Mayor of Munich at St. Joseph's Villa Chapel, Richmond, Virginia, from the AIC bookstore publication, Paintings on Light. The account continues in verse 49 with Jesus' reply, And he said to them, Why do you seek me? Do you not know that I must be about my father's business? St. Luke's narrative tells us that Mary and Joseph did not understand what Jesus meant, but that he obediently returned to Nazareth with them, resuming the family life that they had in that city. As St. Luke explained, he was, quote, subject to them, and that Jesus, quote, increased in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and men. That's from Luke 2, verses 48 to 52.
The illustration is a 16th century Russian Orthodox tempera and gilt on panel icon of St. Luke. We do not glimpse Jesus again in the Gospels until nearly 20 years later at the wedding at Cana recounted in John 2 verses 1 to 11 and depicted in stained glass by Mayor of Munich in window number 33 at St. Joseph's Villa Chapel, Richmond, Virginia, again from the AIC bookstore publication, Paintings on Light. St. John makes no mention of St. Joseph, which has led to supposition that he had died in the years between then and the glimpse of Jesus at age 12. St. John's account of the wedding at Cana is read at wedding ceremonies in most denominations. Traditionally, Jesus' presence there is explained as an endorsement of the sacrament of holy matrimony. You can hear more about why the Blessed Virgin Mary may have been present in the podcast homily for Third Sunday After Epiphany, which is linked from the podcast homilies page at www.anglicaninternetchurch.net. Christians honor the sacrament of holy matrimony, seeing it as the foundation of family life, the start of a nourishing relationship filled with children. For as the psalmist wrote in Psalm 127, verses 4 to 6a, Lo, children and the fruit of the womb are an heritage and gift that cometh of the Lord. Like as arrows in the land of the giant, even so are the young children. Happy is the man that hath his quiver full of them. The illustration, Jesus blessing the children, is another mayor of Munich stained glass window at St. Joseph's Villa Chapel from our bookstore publication, Paintings on Light. The next glimpse of Mary in scripture and Christian tradition occurs during Jesus' final days in Jerusalem. Based on St. Luke's description of, quote, a great multitude, including women, and St. John's reference to Mary as a witness to the crucifixion, the traditional understanding is that Mary was present as a witness during his ordeal of carrying the cross through Jerusalem. The scene is depicted in the fourth station of the cross at St. Joseph's Villa Chapel, also from our publication, Paintings on Light. In the account of St. John, Jesus shows compassion for Mary from the cross. A loyal son, he spoke first to Mary, saying, Woman, behold your son, in John 19, verse 26. Then to the disciple who was present, meaning St. John himself, the beloved disciple, saying in verse 27a, Behold your mother. And St. John wrote in verse 27b that from that hour, that disciple took her to his own home. The illustration is St. John writing his gospel from a 15th century book of hours attributed to the Rohan Master from the author's personal copy of a reproduction edition. All Jesus' seven words from the cross are discussed in the AIC seasonal video for Good Friday in the Cross of Christ I Glory, linked from the digital library page at www.anglicaninternetchurch.net. Traditional accounts in both Roman Catholic and Eastern Orthodox churches say that John continued to protect Mary after Jesus' death by taking her to Ephesus where he built a house for her, shown in the illustration near the small church he built. 
The remains of the much later Basilica of St. John are near the site. The House of Mary is called Mariam Anaebi in the Turkish language. This site has been visited by thousands of pilgrims, including three Roman Catholic popes, Benedict XVI in 2006, Paul VI in 1967 A.D., and John Paul II in 1979 A.D. A magnificent set of stained glass windows at the Basilica of St. John in Denbosch, Netherlands, depicts Mary sorrowfully viewing the taking down of the body of Christ from the cross, based upon St. John's account in John 19, 38-42. This kind of scene is called a pieta. The same scene is always featured in Stations of the Cross in Roman Catholic and Anglican churches. The closing musical theme for Seventh Day of Christmas is a guitar arrangement of the traditional 19th century carol Away in a Manger, attributed to James R. Murray and first published in 1887 A.D. using an arrangement by the 19th century Anglican hymn writer Lowell Mason. In Scripture, there is no finer example of family than that demonstrated in the life of the Blessed Mary and Blessed Joseph. The illustrations are left a mosaic of the Blessed Virgin and Holy Child from the Church of the Assumption in Jerusalem, a 12th century church built over the original 5th century tomb of Mary controlled by the Greek Orthodox Church, and write a stained glass depiction of Blessed St. Joseph and the Holy Child at the National Shrine of St. Francis of Assisi in San Francisco, California. On the seventh day of Christmas, which is also the last day of the year, we should all pause to pay homage to them and to all in the generations since who have lived family lives honoring their fathers and mothers. Please join us for the eighth day of Christmas, January 1st, the Feast of the Circumcision of Our Lord, when the key word is church. This program has been a presentation of the Anglican Internet Church. We invite you to visit our website and use its resources at www.anglicaninternetchurch.net.